Welcome to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame Podcast, where legends share legendary stories. This episode, celebrating the Southwest Conference at the first annual Southwest Conference Legends Golf Tournament and Reunion. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast. This episode is presented by the Fairfield Inn & Suites Waco North location. I'm your host, Jackson Michael, author of The Game Before the Money, Voices of the Men Who Built the NFL. The Texas Sports Hall of Fame recently hosted the first annual Southwest Conference Legends Golf Tournament and Reunion at the beautiful Clubs of Kingwood in Kingwood, Texas. The title sponsors were M-Law Engineers and MLA Geotechnical. The event featured a host of Southwest Conference stars, including Coach Jackie Sherrill and Heisman Trophy winner Andre Ware. Attendees enjoyed a great round of golf with Southwest Conference legends and a reception afterward. The Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast was on hand to record a few Southwest Conference memories from the legends who attended. The Southwest Conference Hall of Fame is located inside the Texas Sports Hall of Fame campus, and the museum is dedicated to preserving the rich history of the Southwest Conference, a conference that still holds deep meaning to its fans athletes, and coaches. Many of those athletes and coaches were on hand for the event and shared some great Southwest Conference history with us, and we'll hear a few of those stories throughout the show. The Southwest Conference ceased operations in early 1996, but its legacy lives on through kinship and memories. One of the greatest things about the conference was that many of the conference's players knew each other from their high school athletic careers before entering the Southwest Conference. The conference featured mostly Texas schools, and many times players played with or against each other either at rival high schools or in the UIL playoffs. Sometimes, even players and coaches had a long history together. Bubba Bean spoke about R.C. Slocum, who recruited him to play at Texas A&M in the 1970s. Slocum originally worked at Kansas State before working at Texas A&M, and you can hear more about that in the R.C. Slocum episode of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast. Right now, Bubba Bean will share with us a great example of how closely knit the Southwest Conference family is. I've known coach Slocum since I was a sophomore in high school. Uh, Once he won over my mom and dad, I knew I couldn't go anywhere else. Uh, Him being from down in the Beaumont Porata area, Orange to be exactly, I was with him the day he accepted the job at A&M. He was recruiting me for another school. He goes inside, he gets a phone call from Coach Blard, which I didn't know, comes back out and tells me how cold it is in Kansas. A&M is where I need to go. So that's how the story just kind of flipped around real quick. I actually played golf with him about three or four weeks ago, 
and he's doing great. Uh, hits it pretty good for, I'm going to say an older fella, but he's older than I am. <laughs> but I've known R.C., God, it's been, I guess, since I was a sophomore, so, you know, going on 50 years. Former Texas Tech linebacker Matt Wingo spoke about how Southwest Conference football rivalries meant so much to the players and fans. I think Southwest Conference by far was one of the greatest football conferences that existed. Um, I think it was the rivalries between the, the, the schools. You know, Arkansas was the only school that was outside the state of Texas, so you had such great rivalries between University of Texas and A&M and Texas Tech and the Baylors and the Rice's and the University of Houston's and SMU's. And uh, that's one thing I think I miss the most. Even though we still play each other, it's not in the same conference. Houston's Andre Ware agreed and said he takes great pride in the competition the Southwest Conference offered. It's the greatest football. I mean, we would be obviously a Power 5 conference if the conference were still together today. It's a, a flag that I carry a lot. And so I'm constantly reminding people of, uh, no, I won the Heisman, which would have been in a Power 5 conference. And you obviously list the competition that you face week in and week out. So that's, that's something I'm quite proud of, being a member of the Southwest Conference. Former Texas A&M coach Jackie Sherrill also spoke about the great competition in the Southwest Conference and its deep roots within the conference, dating back to the 1960s. The Southwest Conference was big. When I finished playing at Alabama, I coached there for a year and then went to Arkansas. So I got accustomed to the Southwest Conference in 1967 went to Iowa State and then coming back to A&M in 82, the Southwest Conference still had the history of all the great players past, but it still was a very tough conference with Texas and Arkansas, A&M, certainly Texas Tech, but back then, you know, SMU, Rice, TCU, in Houston, uh, the conference was one that you couldn't predict who was going to win. Having an opportunity to be a part of that history was very big. You had some great football. Southwest Conference was as good as any conference. Rice legend Trevor Cobb was also on hand at the tournament. He said he dreamed of playing football for Rice while growing up in Houston. The former All-American running back, also spoke about the great running backs in the Southwest Conference. Yes, I grew up in Houston. Um, I chose Rice because when I was nine years old, I participated in the pump pass kick contest they used to have at Rice University. I had won it when, and when I was nine years old, so I fell in love with Rice then. And it was in the Southwest Conference too also. What's a favorite memory that you think de defines what that conference was? It was just all the legends like Earl Campbell, you know, playing against all the schools like UT and a and just, and most of those schools were Texas schools, you know, Baylor, Texas Tech, TCU. <laughs> right. That's what I loved about it, because I'm a Texas kid, so. Yeah. Born and raised, you know, so um, that's what I loved about it. The golf tournament's celebrities featured more than football stars. Texas Tech basketball legend Sean Gay also played around and shared what he enjoyed about playing basketball in the Southwest Conference. 
When I came through, it was, you know, especially with basketball, it was guard heavy. Uh, a lot of guards, a lot of great guards. Uh, you had to come play every day. I mean, it was just a competitive conference, uh, especially, you know, like I said, with the guards, you know, Michael Williams, you know, Katie Armstrong, um, Gary McGee. Each school had their top-notch guards. So, you know, it's a real competitive league, and, uh, and I enjoyed that, you know, when you couldn't take a night off. Women's sports were also represented at the event. Texas A&M softball legend Sean Ondaya Pulliam of the Voom Foundation talked about the long road to winning a national softball championship with the Aggies. I played in three national championship games. Um, My freshman year, we lost in the national championship game, and then my junior year, we lost. And um, my sophomore year, we didn't go. My senior year was do or die. Our team became very committed, very dedicated to making that our focus for the year. School and softball was pretty much it for us. I mean, we were definitely dedicated to what we do, and we, and we worked as hard as you could possibly work, you know, because to go all that way several times and be right there and not get it, you know, second place in the World Series is almost like 30th place, you know, it's just not where you actually wanted to be. She noted a turning point during the team's title run in 1987. It was a double elimination tournament we had lost. And I remember thinking to myself, why is this so important to me? You know, just for that second I thought about it and then I was like, you know, that's I just got to think about getting out there and playing, doing the best, and it's never over until it's over. And, I mean, we came back and we battled through the loser's bracket um, to beat UCLA twice to win the national championship. Texas A&M swimming legend Vicki Brown also attended. She was an All-American swimmer and one of the first women to gain an athletic scholarship at Texas A&M. She spoke about Emery Ballard and the role he played in building women's sports within the Southwest Conference. In 1974, Emery Ballard changed the bylaws to allow women to be varsity sports. And it was like swimming, volleyball, basketball, and um, golf, of course. They didn't have soccer back then. So those are the you know, major sports that were going to be lettered, which was the first in the Southwest Conference. He was the first to make the change. And that meant those of us who qualified to go to compete were able to compete nationally as well. So there was four of us on the women's uh, swim team in 1974, and many of us were on scholarship, meaning not just swimming, but across the board. And those scholarships were um, like around $200, but back then that uh-huh. was a lot of money. And so I was one of the first to be scholarshiped uh, on the swimming team, along with several other of my, my teammates. And then um, it continued. It became a tradition. It was before Texas, SMU, any of the Southwest Conference schools. So he was very progressive in that respect, getting way ahead of it. about what it was like to play football under Coach Ballard, and also what it was like to play under other legendary coaches of the Southwest Conference, and they'll share more Southwest Conference memories on the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast. Presented by the Fairfield Inn & Suites Waco North location.
Cowboys. You're listening to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast. Enjoy it. If you're enjoying listening to our podcast, we invite you to visit the Texas Sports Hall of Fame in Waco. The museum tells a story of some of the greatest athletes, coaches, and moments in Texas sports history by using objects from its collection, which numbers over 15,000. And when you come to Waco, be sure and stay at the Fairfield Inn and Suites Waco North, located just a short distance from the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. You'll start your day off with a delicious complimentary breakfast, and you'll also enjoy the Fairfield Inn and Suites free Wi-Fi, fitness center, and pool. And since the Fairfield Inn and Suites Waco North is an official hotel of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame, you'll never know if you'll have a chance to meet a Texas Sports Hall of Fame member in the lobby. Welcome back to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, where legends share legendary stories. Presented by the Fairfield Inn and Suites, Waco North. We left off speaking about Emery Ballard, the great Texas A&M head football coach and athletic director. He also introduced the wishbone offense at the University of Texas. He gave Coach R.C. Slocum a job on Texas A&M staff, and you can hear more about that on the R.C. Slocum episode of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast. Right now, we're going to hear from A&M running back Bubba Bean about what it was like to play for Coach Ballard. Coach Pollard was a perfectionist at what he did. Uh, I had never played in the wishbone. I came out of high school playing in the Houston Veer. Um, you know, and he coached the running back, so I was with him every day, all day. Uh, very humble person, uh, but when he, he wanted you to do things the right way, and that's, that's the only thing he accepted. You heard Bubba speak about the Houston Veer offense implemented by Cougars head coach Bill Yeoman. Houston Cougars running back Alois Blackwell spoke about what it was like to play under Coach Yeoman at Houston. Coach Yeoman was a great guy. He was a Christian. You know, he was just a great guy to play for. One of the things I look for in regards to choosing a school to go to is that I wanted to go to a, a university where the coach would be there my four years or my five years that I was going to be at the school that the coach wouldn't leave or get fired and I have to go through another coach. He also told us that the chance to compete in the Southwest Conference was a big selling point Coach Yeoman used to convince players in Blackwell's class to attend Houston. I came to school in 73 and so we were officially in the conference but we weren't eligible to compete. We wouldn't be eligible to compete until 76 which would have been my uh, senior year. And that was how we were recruited. That if we came to school there, we'd be the first team to be in the Southwest Conference competing for the championship. Houston not only competed for the Southwest Conference championship in 1976, they won the title during their first year of conference play. 
Alois Blackwell and his teammates defeated a previously unbeaten Maryland team in the Cotton Bowl and finished that year ranked fourth in the country in the AP poll. While Blackwell played in the Veer offense under Coach Yeoman, Andre Ware played in a completely different offense under another head coach for the Cougars, Jack Pardee. Ware spoke about being recruited by Yeoman, but playing under Pardee. It was a unique situation where I was recruited to the University of Houston by Bill Yeoman, who ran the Veer, obviously. And by the time I got to campus, he had resigned, and Coach Pardee was there, and the run and shoot was was in place. So I, I guess you could say it was just perfect timing. You know, timing. Everything in life is about is about timing. So when I got there, the offense fit my skill set, and uh, we we had some success there. Other great Southwest Conference coaches were represented by their players as well. Texas Tech's Matt Wingo spoke about what it was like to play football under Spike Dykes. I really fell in love with West Texas and Spike, and the opportunity also to play, you know, early was was a big key because back then, uh, very few, you know, freshmen, redshirt freshmen, played. You know, it's not like it is today where these guys come out of high school and they're thrust right into the uh, spotlight. So there was an opportunity to play early, you know, and contribute early. So, well, Dykes was, he was a great players coach. Uh, I was part of his first recruiting class in 1987. Uh, so as, as a head coach, his first recruiting class and uh, everybody loves Spike. You know, it, it's hard not to like a guy that was so, uh, so just different than a typical coach. And uh, we loved playing for him. We fought hard for him and I sure miss him. Texas Tech guard Sean Gay spoke about what it was like to play under Texas Tech basketball coach Gerald Myers. Oh, it was a good experience, you know. Uh, coach Myers took me in and uh, taught me everything I know, uh, just about everything I know with basketball and life, you know. But he's a good father figure and a good coach. Too. What were some lessons you learned from him that you talked about? life lessons? What, what was something that helped you later on? Well, the biggest thing is uh, as a pro athlete, uh, college athlete, as an athlete period, you know, you have to learn that you live in a glass house. You know, he kind of made that statement to me that, uh, you know, I had to be aware of my surroundings, you know, and be conscious of what I do and own up to what I do and where I'm at. So that really stuck with me, you know, for as me doing things. I can't do things like a regular tech uh, student can do, you know, because you're, you know, athlete. So you have to just be aware of your surroundings and, you know, kind of be conscious of what's going on. You can hear more about Gerald Myers in the Gerald Myers episode of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast. The Southwest Conference Legends Golf Tournament and Reunion also brought coaches and players back together. Former Texas A&M coach Jackie Sherrill spoke about Johnny Hector's skills as a running back, and Hector appreciated Coach Sherrill's compliments. Johnny Hector was a great running back. He had the quickest feet of any running back, and that included guys like Tony Dorsett and, and others. You know, they had a great speed. But Hector had the quickest feet that he could move in and out of getting into a hole or jump to another hole. I appreciate that. Uh, I, and that's saying a lot because I know he was at uh, Pitt when he coached uh, Tony Dorsett. So 
That's saying a lot. What was it like when Coach Cheryl showed up? Uh, Coach, I think, came and changed up the whole program at a and to be honest with you. And many guys, in fact, I think there was an email going around some years back, um, you know, because of uh, the change that he made when he got to a and and stuff like that. And it was, for, you know, for good, for positive and all that stuff. And I think it's been an upward trend since then. In another earlier Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, we covered former A&M coach Gene Stallings and his life and career. One of his former players was on hand. Texas A&M quarterback Ed Hargett told us about the rugged routine Coach Stallings implemented into the Aggies football program. Well, it was uh, pretty rough. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> it was intense, let's say that, and uh, bordered on brutal at some times, but uh, uh, when you got through that, you knew you could go through anything. There wasn't any doubt about that, but uh, it was a fun time. We had a good time. The hard work paid off in 1967. Although the Aggies got off to an 0-4 start, they won their next seven games and beat Alabama in the Cotton Bowl. Hargett told us about one key to the season and their win over Texas Tech that started their run to the Southwest Conference title. Well, I don't think we ever lacked for confidence. We just weren't making that one play. The only game we got beat in, we, we played LSU, and they beat us pretty handily down Baton Rouge. And then uh, uh, we went out to Tech and, and got the ball back with nearly a minute to go. And, and I wound up scoring on the last play of the game. And after that, we just made plays to uh, keep us in the game and then do something toward the end to either keep them from scoring and win or, or score ourselves and win. So uh, it was just uh, one of those things that happened. We made a lot of big plays. And if you look at the stats, we had one game that we outgained the other team on offense, but we had uh, we intercepted or recovered 40 interceptions and fumbles and we turned it over 14 times. The Southwest Conference Legends Golf Tournament and Reunion brought together many coaches and players from several Southwest Conference schools. The heritage of the conference is important in terms of sports history, the history of the state of Texas, and the priceless relationships built over the years. TCU's Royce Huffman, who played both baseball and football for the Horned Frogs, was an underclassman as the sun set on the Southwest Conference. He spoke about the conference's final days. I had an opportunity to play the last game in the Southwest Conference, you know, as far as, you know, because baseball being the last sport, it was it was in Lubbock. We had the, the Southwest Conference tournament was in Lubbock, the baseball tournament was, and, you know, we won a couple games that we didn't finish. I think Rice actually won it that year, but, um, you know, that was the the last hurrah for the SWC. Yeah, what was that last uh, final tournament like? What uh, What do you remember? I, I just remember, you know, being a freshman, being young, and you know, just being new to everything, and you know, growing up watching all the schools, watching you know TCU play everybody else, and having an opportunity to play against those schools was was a kind of dream come true for me. And it was fun playing, and just it was. You know, it was it was great. You know, so it was it was a good time. It was it was sad to see that conference, you know, end. He added that he and others wish the conference could have continued, and described the difference between playing in the Southwest Conference 
and the Western Athletic Conference that TCU joined. Now, obviously, you still you still kept in touch with everybody, but you know, it was unfortunate that we didn't get to play in that conference. You know, because like growing up, you know, following the Southwest Conference and then it being gone, and then all of a sudden from you know us playing, you know, you know A and M, Baylor, Texas, Texas Tech. Now we're playing Hawaii, BYU, Utah, and it was just long trips, and it was just. I don't know. It was, it, it was different, you know. Huh. But you know what? We did what we had to do. And it was, you know, we played the, the schedule we had. And it was, you know, we did the best we could. The Texas Sports Hall of Fame stands committed to preserving the important history of the Southwest Conference and providing a home for the Southwest Conference Hall of Fame and hosting the Southwest Conference Legends Golf Tournament and Reunion. The Texas Sports Hall of Fame Host several events throughout the year, and we hope to see you at one in the future. Please visit tshof.org to learn more about the Texas Sports Hall of Fame and its annual events. Thank you for listening. Please visit the Texas Sports Hall of Fame in Waco. And when you do, book your stay at the Fairfield Inn and Suites Waco North location.